Support for Switched on Pop comes from VibeCheck. If you need more of my friend Sam Sanders in your life, then you'll want to check out his new pod called VibeCheck. Each week, Sam and his two best friends, writer Saeed Jones and journalist and producer Zach Stafford, make sense of what's going on in the news and culture, from foreign policy to how to heal from a breakup. Every Wednesday, they check the vibe of what's going on in the world and how it all feels. It's like your favorite group chat come to life. Listen to and follow Vibe Check wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Switch Don Pop. I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. And I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. Songwriter Charlie Harding. J. Cole is one of the most successful rappers of his generation. Someone who's racked up hits while sustaining critical interest. Hmm. He positions himself as something of an elder statesman, someone who's co-founded a record label, Dreamville Records, whose roster includes Ari Lennox, Bass, and Earth Gang. He's established, respected, and already built a legacy for himself. And Charlie, that might be a problem. What do you mean? Cole's sixth studio album, The Off Season, finds a musician struggling to stave off complacency and to keep his skills sharp. In a short documentary about the album, Cole describes it as an attempt to push himself. Okay. It's a sentiment that's reflected in one of my favorite lines on the Timbaland-produced track, Amari. If you solo these vocals, listen close, and you can hear grumbling. <laughs> So let's just break that down for a second. Solo these vocals as in if you took that entire track and just listened to his vocal, you would hear grumbling. What's that about? That's someone who is is, is never satisfied right. with, with, with what he's creating. Yeah. And that kind of sense of like, I got to do better, mm-hmm. that permeates this whole album. Track after track finds the rapper pushing his technique to the breaking point through verbal dexterity and rhythmic complexity. So I want to dig into a few of these tracks to discover how a rapper at the top of his game tries to stay in shape. Let's do it. Album six is a difficult one. You've already established yourself. How do you keep pushing the envelope? I'm curious. Let's start with a track whose title is a literal reference to putting in the work. It's called Punching the Clock. I told you when I first came here, I said I ain't come here to waste my time. Okay, so that's actually an audio clip, not of J. Cole, but of the basketball player Damian Lillard. Okay. And I love that because I think it captures the kind of competitive spirit oh, of yeah. this of this album, right? Right. Jekyll also plays basketball. So. He also plays basketball. Very good, Charles. And the album is literally called The Off Season. So it's like there's a lot of athletic references here. Mm-hmm. And so I, I hear it almost as a musical equivalent to like staying in shape. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you do that? One way is to unleash a virtuosic rhyme scheme, which is something he does as soon as the beat drops. Back on top, punching a clock, clutching sanity. I got more cribs to habitat for humanity. Shit profound, we propagating more profanity. Paid our collections for recollections of calamity. The shit pop off. Yeah, I've definitely never heard habitat for humanity and calamity <laughs> put together. All right, not bad. I mean, yeah, okay. You're you're I, I sense you're impressed, but not like blown away. Well, there are a bunch of end rhymes. You know, they're they're more complex end rhymes, and it's there's a good narrative through, so I, I dig it, but 
I'm, I'm interested in seeing, you know, where do we even get some of those uh, interior rhymes and some more cross the bar kind of things. Wow, really coming down hard on the end rhymes here, Charlie. Uh, Kind of taking some of the wind out of my sails. But I think what <laughs> is uh, remarkable about this particular track yeah. is the sheer amount of those rhymes. I yeah. mean, it goes on and on and on. I mean, we, <laughs> we'd end up just listening to the whole track because he keeps going, right? Yeah. Uh, Christianity, reprimanded me, handed me, family, hand on me, branded me, insanity, understanding me, candidly, mm. planned to be. It's like... Whoa, there's okay. every possible iteration of that particular end rhyme. Ran to the crib and played it off amongst the family. Nightmare scenes, the police finally apprehended me. Woke up screaming, seen a demon had his hand on me. Still swore to scar my arm for way he branded me. Oh, no, okay, I'm, I'm much more convinced now. I, li- I like this. this is, I mean, yeah. this is like a, a track that's a little less than two minutes, and I think pretty much every rhyme is some variation of that beginning story. Quatrain. He's that flexing. We yeah, okay. He's flexing. Yeah. And it's interesting because there's not even a chorus in this song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have that little intro from Damian Lillard. We have this like CVS receipt length intonation of, <laughs> of calamity rhymes. Now that I'm rich, I feel nobody understanding me. All I can do is cut the mic on, holler at you. Can't let the fame scare me off for speaking candidly. All them niggas that so cane, they started singing like Danity. Now I'm left here paid like I plan to be damned. And then we have another clip from Damian Lillard. When you really put the time in and whether people will see it or whether people know it or not, you know, it always come to light. And then one minute and 53 seconds, the song is over. So to extend your metaphor, it's kind of like his continuous rhyme scheme on the same idea is uh-huh. like standing at the three-point line and just like hitting shot after shot after shot. Yes, I, I like that. I like that. That that rings a bell from the last time I played basketball in 11th grade. That That definitely <laughs> rings true. And the fact that there isn't even a chorus to the song to me suggests that this isn't about like trying to generate billboard hits no, on this record. No. This is just about like how can I improve my flow? How can I challenge myself? How can I do something new? Interesting because I do feel like the the the, the beat that he's playing against is uh-huh. a little bit more old school. Yeah. Okay. Tell me more. It reminds me of like '90s MPC sample chopped kind of huh. laid back vibe. Yeah, with also a little bit of that New York boom bap perhaps in there. You're look. You're looking at me like that was a ridiculous thing to say. Okay, less boom bap and more. If that that's too. Pit pit pat or something. <laughs> it's a little. It's a it's a chill boom bap. Yeah, yeah. But I think even that might be in line with this project because there's something there's something about him that is projecting this kind of old school allegiance to the to the craft of of hip hop. I think. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like I'm just gonna keep playing with your metaphor. It's yeah, like he, bring it. Go go go. It's like wearing a jersey with a twenty three on it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Charlie. This is, Probably the most we've ever talked about sports. That's all my sports knowledge. Uh, All right, let's go to another track because, you know, it's not just that Cole is pushing himself lyrically on this album. I think he's also pushing himself musically. The music, the the samples, the beats present challenges. Hmm. And one of the tracks where that comes through really clearly to me is on The Climb Back.
Now, I like this track because, one, I think it highlights his skill as a producer. Mm -hmm. Because I think that, that's something kind of not unique about J. Cole, but certainly like a, a part of his sound is that he's someone who, who writes his own raps and he produces his own beats. He mm. flips his own samples. Mm. And this is a, a creative one. It's, it's, a, it's a, a sample of a song that I'd never heard before. The 70s soul group Brief Encounter and their song, I'm So In Love With You. Love that descending piano know, line. Doo -doo -doo -doo, that little chromatic. It almost sounds like a celesta or something. But it's magical. It's it's a cool moment from this obscure track. And it's a slow track. Mm -hmm. It's really slow. Well, I love because he takes that kind of slow classic soul song and he puts the most like bedeviling drum rhythm on top of it. Huh. Like, every time I hear this, I think it's just a kind of standard 4-4 pattern, but there's something about where he's putting the accents of the snare and the hi-hats that every time I'm listening to it, I'm like, what is happening? I cannot count what's happening. It's weird, right? It's really weird. We need a music theorist to come break this down for us because I think it is just a 4-4 groove, but there's something about that sample and the drum accents that just, like, break my brain. Someone's going to know the answer. They're going to correct us. And I, can, and I look forward to it. Yeah. In the meantime, let's just acknowledge it's a tricky beat yeah. that I think would be hard for us to rap over. I'm not rapping over anything, but particularly, yeah. And yet Cole comes up with another verbose set of lyrics here. And I think you're going to get some of those internal rhymes that you wanted from the first track. To the left of that decimal, I need seven figures to play the joint. Turn up your decibels, peepie decimator joint. Check out my projects like the workers that section eight points. And you'll see how I flip like exclamation points. Wow. Decimal, decibel, decimate, section eight. This is like kind of that overlapping wordplay and rhyme that I, I I heard you craving, and now you're hopefully you're satisfied. Yeah, but also over an extremely potent lyric. It's like, good job, you got some good rhymes, but what he's communicating is also extremely powerful. Totally, and that's I think a great pivot to the next song that I I want to talk about, which is called interlude and digs into some heavier themes. In, in this particular song, he's talking about the fragility of black life and he makes some powerful references. He talks about Jesus Christ dying at 33 and then compares him to late rappers like Pimp C and Nipsey Hussle. Hmm. And you get this potent feeling of 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 loss that has this almost religious overtime. <laughs> Wow, that is a moment. The way that the music follows up from that lyric, it's almost like 
you're ascending into a gospel heaven mm. kind of vibe. Yeah, I totally agree. And I don't know about you, but when I heard this, I was like, what is that sample? Like, you know, what obscure 70s record is this? And what is it commenting on? And I've learned that this is actually an original track by the producers Tommy Parker and T Minus. Wow, they are adept. This is a cool thing because it sounds like something really old, but in order to do that, I guess they're just making their own track and then resampling it and playing with it so that it's giving you the feel of a sampled soul track. But no, it's actually totally new. And I think part of the reason this track interlude hits so hard is that we have these powerful lyrics. We have this kind of soul sample that's not really a sample. And then we have this utterly modern element, which are the trap hi-hats. <laughs> yeah. We came a long way, man. We just came a long way. But when you listen closely, they're actually not your typical trap hats. They're doing something a little different that might be more aligned with the depth of this song. Hmm. They're doing a rhythm that you don't really hear in trap music that actually has a name and a history. It's called the shuffle groove, the 12-8 shuffle. We sitting on top of this shit. This shit can go one of two ways. This shit can go up. It can go down. Yeah. When I first heard this, I was stunned because... Trap style drums have become the dominant sound of popular music, even beyond hip hop. Uh. And it's so rare that I hear that kind of a sound and hear something that sounds totally singular while simultaneously taking me through a whole history of popular music at the same time. It left me with a burning question, something we need to address on this show. What's that? Why is that shuffle groove so powerful? Why can't we stop listening to that? After it's been with us since like the beginning of music history, it it's, <laughs> it shows up in every single genre. Yeah, can we take a quick break and when we come back, try and get to the bottom of this twelve eight shuffle? Let's do it. I want to know why it makes us move the way it does. This is exciting. Support for Switched On Pop comes from Vibe Check. If you were an Intuit fan and you are missing Sam Sanders, then have no fear. He's back with another great pod called Vibe Check. Each week, Sam and his two best friends, writer Saeed Jones and journalist and producer Zach Stafford, make sense of what's going on in the news and culture. From Elon Musk and foreign policy to how to heal from a breakup to Usher's Super Bowl halftime show, they check the vibe of what's going on in the world and how it all feels. They're currently doing a series called Hey Sis, where they're highlighting the compelling stories of black women and their achievements. They're being joined by special guests Regina King, Audie Cornish, Raquel Willis, and more. Vibe Check is your favorite group chat come to life. You can join the Weekly Kiki every Wednesday. Listen to and follow Vibe Check wherever you get your podcasts. Can't believe Sam made me say Kiki. We were just listening to J. Cole's interlude. We were kind of floored by yeah. its combination of 
modern trap drums with a classic 12-8 shuffle groove. And it raised this question that I feel like we are overdue to address. What's up? It's why is this particular groove so infectious? Why can't we get enough of it? And it's something that listeners have been asking us for a long time. In fact, I'm kind of embarrassed to say that a listener wrote us back in 2018 mm. asking us to to tackle this topic. We get through our email eventually. <laughs> and I'm happy to say today is the day. Ellis, take it away. Hi, Switched on Pop. I'm Ellis, a longtime listener from the Isle of Wight in the United Kingdom. And one thing some of my favorite songs all have in common is the feeling that the rhythm of a 12-8 time signature creates. For example, Adam Lambert's very underrated Another Lonely Night feels rather yearning. Another Kylie Rae Jepsen's now iconic Run Away With Me feels very romantic. And Disclosure's huge American airplay hit Latch feels very escapist. They all feel so anthemic. But why? I think I understand that a 12-8 time signature is a compound quadruple, giving the feeling of a triple meter within a duple meter. So you have a one, two, three, four count, and within each of those number counts, you have a triple, resulting in a one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three count. But is there anything you two can explain as to why 12-8 just gives off such a groove, or why all of these songs are really good to power walk to? Okay, first of all, I've said it before, but once again, our listeners are... Brilliant. So smart. I can only assume incredibly attractive and just... Extremely accomplished. I I mean, good people, you know, just like good, 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 decent folk. Um, And now that we've got that out of the way, let's dig into this 12-8 groove. I mean, Ellis, he nailed it. Yeah, I mean, you could put that in a freaking textbook. That was such a crystalline explanation. Each one of these songs, Adam Lambert, Carly Rae Jepsen, Disclosure, J. Cole's Interlude, mm-hmm. they all share something in common, and it's this groove of four pulses, one, two, three, four, each one of which is divided into a triplet. One, two, three, two, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, two, two, three, three, two, three, four, two, three. Wow, I've got you run away with me. Like, it's all... It's strutting music. It's strutting music. Okay, so let's let's see if we can do this. Why? <laughs> Why is this groove so powerful? <laughs> Charles, I consulted the the mighty you know music theory textbooks of our college days. They probably don't have a lot to say to that. They ha- they got nothing, man. This is like this this topic has not been covered as as far as I can tell. Maybe that's because twelve eight is not super common in like Western classical music. Hmm. It's definitely more of a popular music kind of groove. But okay, so we can't look at the classics for no, our answer. No, okay. No. I, I think we have to look into our hearts, Charlie. <laughs> it's Do I have some kind of arrhythmia? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> Beating in groups of three? It's I think part of why we gravitate towards this twelve eight groove is that it's very similar to the most common 
meter that we encounter in popular music, which is 4-4. Right. Like that if you turn on the radio, you have a 99% chance of hearing a 4-4 song. Right. Four beats, one, two, three, four, each divided into groups of two. One and two and three and four and. Mm -hmm. 12-8 has that same four beat pulse, but each of the pulses is divided into three. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Right, yeah, yeah. So it's like the pulse matches up the four beat pulse, but what's Mm. inside of it is different. Right, gives us a little bit of something fresh. What is it? It's like a... It's a propulsion or something. It's like this pushing you forward. It's like a gear being cranked inside of your butt or something. <laughs> I, I I I don't know. I don't know. I'm. It, I, we don't. We might not have the science to to truly explain this. I think you might have a complete misunderstanding of anatomy. But yeah, continue. <laughs> okay. I feel like we've perhaps let Ellis somewhat down. I don't I don't have a scientific, biological, theoretical explanation of why this groove is so powerful. But maybe what we can answer is where did this groove come from? Ooh, I have no idea. I'm very curious. And so he won't go home empty-handed okay, yeah, back yeah. to the Isle of Wight. <laughs> Not that this is easy to answer. You know, the origin of rhythms are kind of shrouded in, in mystery and historic distance. I actually found a quote from Quincy Jones, who surmised that the 12-8 shuffle could be traced back to West African musical practice, which contains a lot of polyrhythm, which is kind of a motivating, animating feature of that rhythm. Right. Makes sense. And it's indisputable that it has origins in the blues. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you can hear in a song, like, from one of my favorite New Orleans pianists, James Booker, Feel So Bad. One, two, three, two, two, three, three, two, three, four, two, three. You know I feel so bad right now. Feel like a ball game on a rainy day. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, do you notice that there's maybe even like a trap hat precursor <laughs> here where the hi hat's going to be like. Oh my god. Uh, Bring us back to the J. Cole. Whoa, I love that, Charles. Totally, totally hearing it. Not expecting it, but I'm totally hearing it. It makes sense because the, the, the rhythm here is, is very slow. And uh-huh. so there's a lot of room to fill in extra stuff. Totally. I think, oh, okay, very good, Chuck. Yeah, there's, it gives it a kind of spaciousness when you have da 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 You have like these different temporal planes. You have the slow four pulse, one, two, three, Four, and then these quick triplets within it. Da, 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 da. And then you can kind of put accents in weird places within that, like they're doing on this groove, yeah. which then bring us right up to contemporary trap beats. That's cool. I like that. But identifying the roots of the sound in the blues, I, I don't think ultimately explains how it's become so popular and ubiquitous in mainstream music. No. But I have a theory, and this may be a bold claim. But I might go so far as, as to suggest that one person might be responsible for proliferating the 12-8 shuffle. Stop it. That's bold. It's bold, but I am going to put all my money on Bernard Pretty Purdy. Oh, yes. This is my favorite drummer of all time. Ah! Ha, 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 ha. 
So you're familiar with Pretty. Perhaps yeah. some of our listeners are as well. For those who are not, this is someone who has played on over 4,000 recordings, who has been active from the 1960s to the present, and has worked with everyone from Hall & Oates to Aretha Franklin, Nina Simone to Steely Dan. I mean, if you've been <sighs> in the vicinity of a pair of speakers over the last 50 years, <laughs> you've heard Bernard Pretty Purdy. One cannot dispute this claim. Now, Pretty is an immensely talented drummer. Yes. But I think he's particularly known for a groove that has become shorthand. It's the Purdy Shuffle. The Purdy Shuffle. And you can hear it on like so many different songs. You can hear this iconic groove on any number of records, but let's maybe listen to Steely Dan's Home at Last. That's yeah, got kind of a blues thing, a uh -huh. little bit of a reggae thing. Uh -huh. This is a really slow version. Right. I believe we would call this particular variant the halftime pretty shuffle. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Very slow. Okay. So if you buy my theory that Pretty Purdy is single-handedly responsible for bringing the 12-8 shuffle to the sound of mainstream popular music, we should probably hear a little bit about this groove direct from the source. Thankfully, there is one of the greatest YouTube videos of all time, which <laughs> is Pretty Purdy breaking down how he constructs this groove. And I'm going to explain to you by playing it all. What I love about this video is not only is Pretty Purdy an amazing drummer, he's like such a compelling personality. Such an and entertainer. You've got, even if you're never going to play drums in your life, you got to watch this video from Drummer World. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. This Purdy Shuffle, not only do we hear it on the tracks that he plays on, it also gets picked up by like every drummer on earth, pretty <laughs> much. I mean... You can hear it uh, in a song by Toto, like Rosanna. Or even Led Zeppelin on Fool in the Rain. That, I mean, that's great. This is cool. So you have this thing originating probably in West Africa going into the blues. Mm -hmm. Purdy popularizes his particular take on it. Yeah. And then those in the rest of popular music are just like, that's the thing. And here we are today. Right. And I mean, I'm not saying that every time we hear a 12 a groove, it's the Purdy shuffle, no, or no, even no. the Purdy halftime shuffle. Yeah, yeah. But... It's like he took that groove and I think just propelled it into the mainstream consciousness mm -hmm. so that when you listen to Yeezus and you turn on Black Skinhead, there's that 12-8 groove once again. And even Billie Eilish on Bury a Friend, once again, the 12-8 shuffle. 
And finally, that brings us back to J. Cole and Interlude, where now this 12-8 groove has kind of come full circle and it's merged with the sound of modern trap drumming. Yeah, I be coming in peace, but fuck me. Best beware the others is shit deep on the covers creep. This southern heat make unbearable summer just last week. Send your mama weep, crying cause she don't want to bury your brother. The blood leaks while the EMTs gotta carry her baby like surrogate mothers. Whoa. So, Charlie Ellis, from J. Cole to all these artists, like, let's celebrate this 12A groove. And let's also celebrate the person who might be its creator, Bernard Pretty Purdy, who is still laying down this groove. In 2020, he joined forces with the group Wolfpack to cover the Beatles' iconic song, Something. And what groove did they use? They tore it all apart and used the pretty shuffle. A 12-8 Bernard Pretty Purdy shuffle. Switched on Pop is produced by Nate Sloan and me, Charlie Harding. We're edited by Joey Myers. We're engineered this week by Ben Montoya. Social media by Abby Barr and illustrations by Iris Gottlieb. Our executive producers are Nishat Kurwa and Hannah Rosen. We're a member of the Vox Media Podcast Network and a production of Vulture. Find more episodes of the show on Spotify, the Apple Podcast app, pretty much anywhere else you get podcasts. We're there. We come out every Tuesday with piping hot, fresh, new musical analysis for you uh go to the show notes to read more about j cole and the purdy shuffle and reach out to us on uh the old twitter instagram at switched on pop tell us what are your favorite songs off the off season and your favorite songs to feature this iconic shuffle groove we'll be back next week on tuesday and until then thanks for thanks listening. for listening Support for Switched On Pop comes from VibeCheck. If you need more of my friend Sam Sanders in your life, then you'll want to check out his new pod called VibeCheck. Each week, Sam and his two best friends, writer Saeed Jones and journalist and producer Zach Stafford, make sense of what's going on in the news and culture, from foreign policy to how to heal from a breakup. Every Wednesday, they check the vibe of what's going on in the world and how it all feels. It's like your favorite group chat come to life. Listen to and follow Vibe Check wherever you get your podcasts.